0: We're
1: late. So there was a party at the doll factory. It's Pepito's birthday. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so she wanted to meet in the cemetery. That's not like foreboding at all.
0: Am I the only one that sees this shirt? No. Nah. Oh, it's my niece's soccer team, eight and under. I checked their scores online
1: and I. What? They're in the playoffs. What do you have on her? Besides a
0: pant busting crush, her company file is blank. The CIA has a standing kill order on her. As does Hamas, Sinn Fein. Pretty much everyone with the exception
1: of Peter wants this chick handscrape. Hey.
0: Think you're thinking clear on this? Because huh? every time you mess up, it's because of a woman. Uh, name one time that I... Amber.
1: Uh, Amber wasn't the
0: problem. Amber's husband was the problem. Amber's husband wasn't the one who shot you. He was only in the leg. What about Emma? Emma
1: doesn't count. I didn't sleep with Emma.
0: No, because she put a bomb in your car.
1: All right, I admit, that did take a little romance out of the relationship.
0: Yeah, now this chick shows up, and uh, what's her name Aisha, and well, she burns down our hotel. I'm clear, Roke. Well, you better be, because I ain't getting killed by no girl.
1: It's been a long time since I want to call me a girl. Welcome to the Superhero Cinephiles podcast. I'm your host, Perry Constantine, and welcoming a new guest today, but who's a um, uh, another connection from a recent guest we've had on, and that is Ariel Ortiz. Ariel, how are you doing today?
0: Hi, I'm doing very well. Thank you for, for having me on.
1: Well, thanks for uh, coming on. Was, um, so you uh, do a podcast with uh, Derek McDuff, I believe, right?
0: Yes, who who was recently on, on, on this show um talking about Spider-Man um
1: two. Spider-Man two. Yeah. And,
0: yeah, yeah. And um so so yeah, we have a, a pod our a company called Under Undercast Company, and our flagship podcast is the underrated podcast. And um besides that, um where we just that that podcast actually we we discuss films that are considered underrated, underappreciated, or those that have just slipped under the radar and passed most people by. Um, Besides that podcast, I do have my own podcast called um, You've Never Seen, Question Mark, Exclamation Point. And um, that's a podcast where I kind of like take people or somebody else um, guides me through a movie that's considered a part of pop culture or cinematic history. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, we discuss it after somebody, myself or somebody else watches it for the first time. Yeah, it was just recent. I was kind of a little late to this recording a bit because i was watching the thing for the first time um for (laughs) my halloween episode so yeah okay
1: cool um so i said this to derek too and i'm gonna say it to you as well because um i want to put you both on the spot uh if you guys ever do alien 3 on underrated you gotta have me on because i think that is definitely an underrated film
0: oh no yeah i've never seen actually the original alien movies but i do know the concept of alien 3 like i kind of like I've seen the what is it, uh, the Netflix series, the uh, um, movies that made us. So like yeah. Alien was one of them, yeah. And so and then they kind of like talked about the subsequent <clears throat> movies and stuff like that. And um, so I do know like the concept of Alien three at least, but yeah, definitely just based on the concept, seems like a underrated
1: film as well. That's uh-huh. one you should probably have on your own show then too, is Alien because that's a oh, yeah. classic.
0: <laughs> I know, yeah, I, yeah. There's a lot of like. um definitely considering that i have i've never watched the thing there's definitely a lot of sci-fi 80s movies that i've never watched Mm -hmm. you know 70s 80s movies yeah
1: yeah um so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about you so what was kind of your entry point into the world of like nerdy shit in general basically
0: yeah yeah actually i i I've always like grown up with like, kind of like cinema nerd kind of stuff. Like, um, we just were discussing on, on, um, our underage podcast. Like we're doing a series of, um, at least of this recording of, of old movies and, and stuff like that from like the fifties, sixties. And that's some of the movies I actually grew up with. So I it wasn't until like, we were talking about those movies. That I was like, Oh, I do, do kind of have like a interesting, like, um, upbringing with with movies because of watching all these old movies Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: yeah but it wasn't until like the the I didn't get into full nerd I guess you can say nerd mode like until I would say um the my freshman year of high school Mm -hmm. um because that is the time when I started watching like television shows like a lot more like um like television shows that that are you know are uh, ongoing thing not just like Mm -hmm. the kids shows that have like a one and done episode and, and stuff like that you could weave in and out of um but yeah so it wasn't until then and and my first kind of like I would equate my first kind of like entry points into nerdum were actually the tv show heroes oh okay also an underrated in my opinion I love heroes like I mean I do owe a lot because <laughs> I it made me into a nerd um And then, uh, and then yeah, like scrubs as well, like those. Oh God, I love scrubs.
1: Is scrubs is like one of my is it's like my comfort food.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then yeah, so from before that, like I would have like um just the most nerd kind of things I would I had were like I loved um uh the Ghostbusters especially I grew up at the time when the Extreme Ghostbusters um. Aired, which now, I don't know. That's, an, under-ra- that. yeah, that's okay. an underrated. Yeah, that's an underrated
1: show. I remember watching that too. That was amazing. It's
0: amazing. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah,
1: and it was pretty yeah. dark too. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. The first episode, even like with the whole thing, I could. I, if you ever want me back on that, because that's like kind of like <laughs> a limited, um, series. Sadly, because it, it didn't last. Um, I think it lasts maybe two years.
1: Something um, like that. I would yeah. definitely
0: talk about that one as well.
1: Okay, we'll um, have to put a pin in that. Maybe we'll come oh, back yeah. to that at some point. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we're talking, you know, basically about this podcast focuses on superhero type stuff. Uh, so Mm -hmm. what about superhero? Well, I guess heroes then would have been your gateway drug into Mm -hmm. that. But, um, what about like, have you ever been into any of the comic books or anything like that? Or is it just like movies and TV for you?
0: So, so yeah, my entry into that was like, yeah, about exactly the same time as that. or maybe a little bit earlier I did, I did like buy get my first comic book um which is actually from um albertson's and it was you know how they had the newsstand kind of section Mm -hmm. it was like these like um small graphic novels of comic books and yeah the first um comic that i ever bought and read um was fantastic a fantastic four i don't even know what series or anything like (laughs) that but it was a you know it was like a early 2000s kind of like so it was like yeah fantastic four i think that it was an ultimate spider man and then the marvel encyclopedia mm-hmm. so so yeah for the most part for when it comes to comics i i, I switch around i i think i'm diverse with it um mm-hmm. i am i do read um marvel and dc um but for my entry into like superheroes in my first superhero movie that like i could kind of like clearly remember at least that i kind of gravitated towards was a movie that you guys um you guys covered called the spirit and that was going to be my first choice <laughs> if, uh, when coming on and then i was looking at the episodes that you've done i'm like damn he's done this spirit i'm like of all things <laughs> but the spirit
1: awesome. that was uh that was one of the like for the most part on this show uh you know we try to do try to be positive about a lot of yeah. the movies Uh, but every so often we get a movie that we just can't really find much to be positive about and the spirit was one of those
0: (laughs) i could have brought the positivity i love that movie i love gabriel mock so
1: you're the one you're the one yes i am the
0: one yeah i definitely i think i watched it i i watched it in theaters and then yeah like i i i was one of the Going back to Albertson's, one of the ones I have rented a couple of times, and I do own it. Um, okay.
1: <laughs> did you uh, did you actually listen to the episode we did on the spirit?
0: I haven't been able to, okay. I, I need to, but I'm so like, um, uh, no, it's no. probably good that you decided to
1: come on the show before <laughs> listening to that episode.
0: <laughs> I'm okay, I'm I'm fine, I'm, I'm used to being an outlier sometimes when it comes to pop culture mm-hmm. opinions, um, but yeah, and then, um, then you know with heroes and then the then the miraculous uh mcu came Mm -hmm. out and from then i've just been uh i love the mcu like it it's my bread and butter um (laughs) when it comes to comes to things sometimes um but then also at the same time um arrow came out and that oh yeah yeah. that, that television show has has essentially like it' been one of the cornerstones of my life. Um, uh-huh. It it kind of like led me into like doing um, some cosplaying and stuff like that, and like um, actually like connecting with more people through through um, my love of Arrow and the Arrowverse, and and um, so yeah, so that's like kind of like the keystones of my my nerd nerdism. You could say, um, awesome, was, was those things, yeah,
1: yeah. I was big on the Arrowverse for a while, and then after Crisis, it seems to have just kind of like it, it feels like yeah. it's going out on kind the, of a fizzle.
0: The well, it is essentially going out on in fizzle, and then, um, but yeah, one of the best things that came out of it, besides Arrow itself, which is an incredible, like, um, run of a show, mm-hmm. uh, in itself, uh, but also, like, currently, um. I would I would definitely recommend um, Superman and Lois. Yes, it's yeah. Such an incredible series. Like, although they
1: uh, they've decoupled that from the Arrowverse now because
0: some essentially it's like I would say that's kind of like more like an Else Worlds because you, right, know, right. you have a John Diggle.
1: There's yeah, a John but... Diggle and mm-hmm. um and the uh, when Sam Lane said that you know Superman's the only hero on this earth, he did make mention mm-hmm. to like you know, there have but, been other earths and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, I love that show. I just finished uh the second season um, about a few weeks ago actually. Yeah. And um, yeah.
0: We'll we'll see what happens with the unfortunate, you know, yeah. things with not just the whole Papa Warner, but mm-hmm. um but also with uh the recasting of, of one of the sons.
1: Yeah, yeah, I saw that recently as well. Mm-hmm. Um and I know there wasn't much information about why he didn't come back, but I've heard that he had some um um he's had some mental health issues in the past too yeah. so i so i hope it's you know nothing too serious yeah. mm-hmm. um so that's a that's a that was disappointing to hear about that because i really liked him in oh yeah uh, in he, the show the,
0: uh, that shows so perfectly
1: acted. yeah
0: yeah and like i like yeah like um uh, tyler Heckland man like you would not know from that you know the the guy from teen wolf um would be like, i know perfect Clark Kent Superman. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My only, my one criticism of him is that I wish we'd get to see him more in Morris like the Superman. Clark Kent. No, 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 not that. Oh, no. I, I actually think we get a good amount of that. But mm-hmm. he's basically playing, you know, a more open Clark Kent because he's, we mostly only see him with his family. We don't yes. really see the Clark Kent facade all that much. So I don't mm-hmm. get to see much of that differentiation yeah. between him and Superman, which yeah, yep. um, we saw a little bit about that when he was in Supergirl. Metropolis. I did like, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, but I would like to see a little bit more. Give put them in more situations where he's got that mm-hmm. opportunity to be that more metropolis type Clark.
0: Yeah, we need more metropolis. Uh-huh.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, today we are talking about something DC related, although it's and it's a DC book and it's connected to it's something a, that was part of the DC universe, mm-hmm. but it's Vertigo, Vertigo it's book. Vertigo yeah. D- mm-hmm. Um, so Vertigo did this thing, uh, back when Vertigo first started, it was it was kind of taking these little known concepts or trademarks and just putting new spins on them so that's how we got game and sandman um Mm -hmm. uh and there are a bunch of other ones too kid eternity was one of them uh and some of them were tied to continuity some were not like animal man and doom patrol from grant morrison um and this was one of those ones which it's funny because this came about much after all that other stuff started this came out in the early 2000s when Mm -hmm. By the time vertigo got into like the maybe getting into the mid 90s they had drifted away from doing that going back to old concepts and it was just purely original creator own concepts so it was kind of uh, it was kind of surprising to see them take an old concept and dust it off and use it here um, and that's the losers and it was mm-hmm. uh, written by Andy Diggle and drawn by Jock and Who this- would go
0: on to create. Some of the best DC works, in my opinion, like oh really? I mean, Andy Andy Diggle wrote um, Green Arrow Year One, mm-hmm. which oh yeah, um, yeah which Arrow the show adapted a lot from, um, and then Jacques um, as an artist went on and created Bat- the Batman who laughed. The artwork of that
1: oh I didn't realize he was mm-hmm. the creator on that oh wow okay
0: essentially yeah like he created that concept of a character
1: yeah oh cool I didn't of know the that the drawing
0: and stuff concept art.
1: Um, so yeah, and this, and then they came out with the movie of the, and so this comic's called The Losers, and they came out with the release of the movie in 2010, which has a really interesting cast of future uh, comic, say, book movie, comic book movie um, actors.
0: Yeah, so I, I like came to the realization after uh, this rewatch of like, this is the movie of like that had to fail in order to bring so much it to cinematic history pop culture history because without this movie failing um which you know of course it is i i that's another reason why you chose it Mm because for me it's underrated um but if, if this movie did not fail then we wouldn't get have gotten chris evans captain america which came out a year after this movie right um we would wouldn't got probably not gotten Zoe Saldana as as Gamora. We wouldn't have gotten an uh, incredible run of Negan before they kind of like um, hampered him in the mm-hmm. in the series. But yeah, in in Walking Dead, and just like there's just so much. This is like the what what if movie. Of, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think of MCU. I think it's definitely one of the movies like of that aren't directly connected or that have kind of like had their own like impression on the mcu mm-hmm. without having a direct impression like you could say like you know x-men with all of kevin feige's like involvement on that and that being right. his first movie kind of that spurring this i think this movie with it spurred and like randomly all these <laughs> these um mcu actors to go on and do incredible work in in the mcu
1: yeah oh, and well. uh idris elba as well uh, yeah idris elba to- went on to be Heimdall and uh, the mm-hmm. MCU. And then also now in the DC stuff as a uh, blood sport too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's funny because Chris Evans, it, I didn't realize until um, I'd done another movie recently called um, push.
0: And, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. and I
1: didn't realize until I'd done that movie, just how many, Comic book movies, he was in, or comic book esque mm-hmm. movies, he was involved yep. in up until he finally hit it right with Captain America. Just he was, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. He really wanted to be in <laughs> some comic book uh-huh. movies.
0: Yeah, but and also, I w- that's one of the things that like at like rewatch. Uh, he's always been my fa- one of my favorite parts of the, of, of the movie. Mm-hmm. But rewatching now, I'm like, man, Chris Evans would have been a really good Deadpool as well. Like he's he his. A comedic chops he's like, got not many people know that oh and yeah like, yeah especially like you know like if you if you didn't see um not another teen movie which is mm-hmm. kind of like a, a cult classic as well yes
1: yeah underrated um, as well
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah um that it's funny because my first introduction to chris evans was through these more comedic roles like you mm-hmm. know johnny storm the yeah. fantastic four like not mm-hmm. another teen movie like this so when he was cast to play captain america i wasn't sure if he could be serious enough to play that part, mm-hmm. and and he's really impressed me in the time since he got cast as Captain America. Not only with the MCU stuff, but with other movies he's done as well, like Snowpiercer or or Gifted, oh, yeah. and just like showing how mm-hmm. much of a range he is and just what a talented actor he really is.
0: Yeah, it, like recently, I, I I know I don't know if it's gotten a mixed bag of reviews, but I really <laughs> really enjoyed The Gray Man, like and him in it is like he's that's the awesome thing about him um in his post mcu um lifetime i guess or career because mm-hmm. they is that he's taking these ro- roles that so go against the grain of like of captain america right. and so like the him and the gray man is like the complete opposite of captain america and is like just cocky and asshole and just like you like see like hate him but Mm -hmm. he's like so um entertaining he
1: he's one of those actors who he could have very easily gone into like a coasting mode like he could have done like a george clooney type of thing or ryan reynolds to a certain extent or tom cruise where he just kind of plays the same you know affable character over and over again. And he could have done that, but and those guys also have are also really talented. Like they can do more stuff, but they've chosen to go a different direction. And that's fine. That's the decision. So it's really cool to see that he's he he really, I get the impression just from what I've seen, the interviews of him and like the roles he's chosen, like he really likes to challenge himself as an actor. Mm -hmm. Like he Mm -hmm. really seems to he's he doesn't really he doesn't seem to care about fame as much as he does about you know about the actual craft of it. And I think that's really admirable.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Now, have you ever read the the Losers comic book?
0: I've always meant to, and even after this, I'm like, dang, <clears throat> I, I love Jacques' art- artwork. It's mm-hmm. so like unique and stuff like that, and I I really, really did love the the uh, how they utilize that artwork and like essentially like recreated like what I'm assuming are like really iconic panels mm. of that series. Um, and and like yeah, used it essentially as their like cut screens and and integrating it in this movie. So yeah, I've been meaning to. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know if you, if you have.
1: If- oh yeah, yeah. I've I've in fact I, I I was introduced to the I read the comic before I actually watched the movie. So. Oh, cool. um, and it's it's interesting. This is one of those really kind of weird movies that it takes so much visual cues from the comics. Mm -hmm. but it changes almost everything else about it Mm. like it it's um so like the the it it really leans heavily into the humorous aspects of this and almost um and as much as I enjoy this movie it is almost a bit of a detriment because I think they they kind of overplay the humor a little bit um if if you're comparing it to the comic book Uh, it's a fun movie but um I did find myself you know kind of missing the the depth that was the and the like the gray areas that they get into in, in the espionage world in the comics so mm-hmm. um that kind of stuff was a little bit disappointing on rewatch but but it's still a fun movie regardless
0: yeah 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 and i'm sure like they, like that's why like at the end of this i'm like oh they really like they really like teed it up for um this to become a franchise because, oh yeah like, you have like that thing and i'm sure that <clears> that that um that would have all like been further you know um explored in further movies in, in this movie was be- very much feels like an introduction like laying the groundwork kind of thing and um and then the one of the reasons why i believe that this movie um didn't do as well when it first came out was that it came around uh, out i think like either it came out very very closely um to the a-team movie yes in like fact a lot Mm-hmm.
1: this that summer it was like <clears throat> the summer of like mercenary team movies because you had this you had the 18 and you also had the expendables which i believe uh-huh. came out that same summer too
0: mm-hmm. so but the- this one was like weeks apart that's the thing that like <clears throat> de- definitely deetered i think and then i know 18 18 is a lot more of like a uh you know, well-known name mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I'm sure that that kind of like got more flocking of. It of did,
1: audience. but even that didn't do very well because yeah. that was another one that because it wasn't really a good movie. A franchise. <laughs> really, you didn't like the 18. It's okay,
0: but i I prefer the I prefer the losers compared okay. to the 18. Yeah, I'm not
1: sure which one I would prefer, but I enjoyed them both. Um, mm-hmm. but The Expendables was really the the one that kind of won that yeah. battle that summer yeah. and yeah. It went on mm-hmm. to become a franchise. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm but one of the big biggest disappointments in this was how they handled max because um Mm -hmm. max in in this movie you know he's just very much a asshole (laughs) very much an asshole but very one-dimensional character Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. comics max is not one person he's actually a pair of identical twins and there's a lot more stuff that is um there's a lot more reason behind why he's, why they're doing what they're doing. Um, it has a lot of commentary on like American foreign policy and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, so I, I was really kind of disappointed that we don't get that kind of stuff here, but it, it's much more just, you know, generic supervillain type of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's very much of, of the time I would say, mm. I mean, this, it, Max is a, as a villain very much felt like that um late 2000s early to 20, early 10s kind of mm-hmm. like villain in an action movie whereas I think that if they were to do this movie over in nowadays w- with the impression that MCU has has done and like just turning like having some of the best villain outings of, of all time mm-hmm. um I think it Max would definitely like and those nuances would be a lot more subtle and casual instead of like over the top because he is like uh, over over the top in his mm-hmm. own way like without not flying fly, flamboyancy but he is over the top in his assholery
1: you can yeah say. yeah um, well also Aisha is the other one who had like probably the biggest changes to her character because
0: mm-hmm.
1: it. Aisha in this in this movie, it's basically just Zoe's all Zoe Saldana. Yeah, it, it's it's
0: Columbiana um, too. Right, right
1: exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. In uh, in the comics, she's a completely different character. She's um, border, she's like emotionless. She's borderline psychotic. Um, and while they do do, while I do some part part of me likes the way that Saldana was able to humanize her a little bit more, I also feel like maybe they went too far in the other direction at times.
0: Yeah yeah I mean it definitely kind of like having her is like a mixture of like a uh it's more of like a bond kind of bond girl in a way like a current bond girl, not old bond mm-hmm. girl but like a current bond girl of like you know like kind of like um a a little femme fatale mixed in with like um she has her own secrets that she's keeping and mm-hmm. things like that yeah definitely
1: yeah um and i think I think the biggest weakness is just the loser was um a decent run of Conquest. It was like, I think it was 32 issues or something like oh, that. Oh, really? So was, just so yeah. it's
0: kind of short. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, it wasn't that yeah. long. It was, but it was like, uh, Diggle and, and Jock, they had planned it to be like about three years and that's about how long uh, it lasted. Oh,
0: that's cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and, I, it, it and from beginning to end, it was, it was very well done. And I think, but I think there's just, there's too much story in that book to really fit into one movie. Mm-hmm. And I think if oh, you're yeah. going to, if you're going to adapt something like the losers effectively, it should really be like an HBO series or something. Oh like yeah.
0: That. Yeah. Definitely. In this day and age, like if I, I really do hope that like, especially like, I do want to go back to, to read that series. And I, that's why I think like the best com not just comic book, but also like TV series is mm-hmm. do are when they have like a short, not they're not, you know, they're not um fluffing it up the material you know or Mm -hmm. or trying to do filler kind of things right it is a very concise series like beginning to end you know that's all you need Mm -hmm. and stuff like that um and so yeah so definitely and which is more common in this day and age with with limited series or Mm -hmm. even just like um a few seasons like um for example one of my favorite comic book series of all time the um umbrella academy and their interpretation mm-hmm. on netflix they just announced that that um kind of bitter bittersweetly for me <laughs> um <laughs> it's a fourth and final season but for me i'm like yeah let's yeah it's it's like i would love more because i'm just such a fan of mm-hmm. the umbrella academy um but it is definitely like you could already see like especially with the end of the third season like there is gonna the end is is coming i think yeah, they, yeah. um and then yeah, it's like It's really nice when you get um, uh, creators like interpretation. That's all they need. That's all mm-hmm. they're they're saying. Like you know, it's done. Like famously recently is a uh, David uh, um, Damian Lillard's Watchmen.
1: Yes, yeah. and like
0: which is like an incredible series, and you do want more. Mm-hmm. But David Little like no, I'm not. I'm I've told my story and stuff like that. And so yeah, it's like a it's, I, th- th- and that's something that definitely could, could work for, for the losers.
1: and Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so along that lines too, you don't, there's, there is such a thing about overstaying your welcome. Like, and I'll, I'll use the flash. Yep. Because that's
0: what I was about to say, going back it, to the Arrowverse. Yeah. Oh. I mean, that was, cause that was my,
1: <laughs> for a time that was like the crown jewel of the Arrowverse mm-hmm. for me. Like I ended mm-hmm. up liking that more than Arrow. And then after crisis well, it was a little bit before crisis it started yep. kind of you know losing some mm-hmm. gas in the tank but then after crisis it really kind of took a nosedive and just like the last two seasons i was struggling to finish watching them mm-hmm. on netflix yeah
0: yeah unfortunately like i i haven't watched them because yeah they kind of like especially with the loss of arrow i think too and that mm-hmm. interconnections but yeah it is just it's kind of it, it sucks when when things overstay the wep- welcome and I think in our day and age now that is something that shows can't get away with anymore you know yeah. like we're so on uh, fast times you know kind of thing that um you guys you that's why like I'm so and it's something that I've been like pre- preaching like from the rooftops almost like for years of and because of the air er- what's seen what what's happening in the reverse of and um and and essentially like these seasons need to be shorter Mm -hmm. they need to be concise like it's good you're you're hurting yourself with adding all these episodes and stuff like that and that's what is becoming the precedent now is is shorter seasons conciseness um you know like the disney plus shows like Mm -hmm.
1: they that's exactly the example uh, i was going to use yeah
0: yeah and then there's there's the exceptions to the rules of course like we are going to get uh what is it how many episodes, like 13, 12, 12 episodes of Daredevil. But mm-hmm. for everybody like is like, no, that's okay. That's <laughs> also so keeping with, I mean, yeah. it, it also
1: depends on the show because yeah, exactly. some shows uh-huh. like, cause going back to Superman and Lois, that's about like what, 15 episodes?
0: It's, yeah, it's short a season. Yeah, So yeah, it's a
1: little bit, it's it's not like, you know, six to 10 episodes, but it's not 22. So mm-hmm. they, they kind of find the right target for each of these shows. And Daredevil is a good example of, I mean, with the Netflix show, I think some of the the middle episodes did feel a bit superfluous, but mm-hmm. um, I think not cutting, I think having about like ten episodes is a good length for for Daredevil, yeah. and because especially if you're going to be doing these shows that are focused more on season-long arcs, and you're not going to have these kind of you know standalone episodes, then you should really keep it as as short as possible. Yeah, um, you yeah. also don't want to run into a situation like with. I Think of arrested development where it it ends and then it comes back, and like almost from the second it comes back, it's already overstated its welcome.
0: Yeah, well, another example we're going to be going back to all of our examples again, but another one, um, is Scrubs for sure. Yeah, it ended that's my true ending. I'm like, the ending of I think it's like season, uh, season
1: eight, I think it was eight.
0: Yeah, is like that. Oh, that ending like is the first like episode of television that made me bawl my eyes out. Mm-hmm. I remember the moment I was in front of the computer torrenting it. Sorry. Um <laughs> I do pay for all my streaming now. Um, but like just bawling my eyes out and and then yeah, it came back, overstated. It's like mm. what's this <laughs> kind of Well, thing? the whole pl- yeah. it was actually yeah. it
1: was it Bill Lawrence actually wanted that to be a spit off. And then yeah, yeah, and then the studio yeah. forced him to just make it uh a continuation yeah yeah um and as a spinoff it's actually not that not as bad as people mm-hmm. remember i think yeah. as a spinoff it's fine no no but... no,
0: it's not that bad but it being yeah. another season of scrubs right it's yeah. like Agreed. yeah
1: yeah mm-hmm. um so let's go back to the losers what were some things that you really enjoyed about about this movie
0: um i just enjoy like phil so when i originally watched it i just enjoyed yeah like the uh, the i i'm really a sucker for like a heist movie or or something along those lines i love the original like um oceans movies mm-hmm. and stuff um and then yeah so this one's kind of like felt like that i mean and then like you know um uh you know a team sworn burn um burned i think this is the same time that burn came out and i love burn notice mm-hmm. as well <laughs> um and so yeah so um so it was definitely that kind of thing um it's it's because of of what you know what they went on to do i love this movie a little bit more because of just the the ironic things that happen in this in in this movie that like they would never have known would Mm -hmm. become ironic ironic like later on like the movie opens with a voiceover with chris evans but then it's a voiceover over first looking at uh, the star of a of an american flag and then zooming out and it's like th- how it, this is like perfect <laughs> this is perfect for for chris evans to be doing a voiceover uh, over american flag and then um and yeah like and then and then also going it's like all the connections are with with um the jensen character with chris evans character because mm-hmm. then he goes on and says like uh
1: the government um, that, experiment type of thing yeah, yeah he's a
0: secret government experiment and i'm like perfect and so mm-hmm. so yeah so um you know the world changing and all that kind of like made me uh, like this movie a lot um and you know i i, I do recognize it has shortcomings and stuff mm-hmm. like that it is very much a cult movie i just like i i felt like this is a perfect movie for this podcast because especially like, since you like talked about the spirit i was like mm-hmm. oh yeah this fits right right there <laughs> in that but um yeah and like uh just just the the camaraderie of these characters as well like you from the beginning you you get like this is a tight knit group mm-hmm. team like they they are essentially brothers and stuff like that and um and and they always are like caring for each other you know they they mess up sometimes mm-hmm. with each other specifically with the you know jeffrey d morgan like always sleeping with the girl Mm -hmm. um but overall like they are family and that's why that's why when Aegis alba's character um betrays them you you just like feel it because it's like oh my gosh how could like one of one of their own like betray them and stuff so yeah
1: in fact that's one of the things i did like about one of the changes i did like is because in the comic basically from the first page it becomes it's pretty obvious that Roke's gonna betray the team um Mm -hmm. and this one it and I think a big part of it just has to do with Elba's performance is just Mm -hmm. it it feels more like a betrayal almost to the point where the betrayal almost feels a little a little tacked on it feels almost a little too out of character with how Mm -hmm. how well they establish his relationship with with clay and with the rest of the group. So when he betrays them, I almost feel like, again, this is a kind of a situation like with Aisha where I think they went a little bit too far in the opposite direction where I think they, they felt that Roke had to betray the team because that's what happened in the comics. Um,
0: I, I think that, I think there was enough for my, for me, at least, I feel like there was enough groundwork there. I mean, I think it just takes just one, like he, he mentions like, like I've I've been by your side for so long and stuff like that. I warned you essentially that that bad things would happen and mm-hmm. we should just gone like we should have just gone back to our lives and stuff like that. And like he doesn't listen. And um I think it's just like you you see so, it's like I done in a little bit more subtle way. I know that like I'm sure like in the comics it's a, especially with it being um just 32 issues, like you, right. you have to be there like at the top. But I think when it, it, things get interpreted into live action, like you could express that a little bit more subtly.
1: I think and that's so- one of the issues I had with his betrayal is just, it's another example of that, this movie trying to put too much story into this one in, yeah. installment. I think the betrayal would have worked a lot better if it had been saved for a sequel. But mm. it it seems, mm-hmm. it's a weird thing because it feels like they thought they had the potential to keep this going as a as a franchise. Yeah.
0: Oh no, definitely. Yeah. But
1: they were nervous that they wouldn't have that chance. So there's it's mm-hmm. it's like this weird mix of confidence and a lack of confidence.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's the it's like the um, you know, natural mm-hmm. um, instinct of of a nerd themselves.
1: <laughs> right. Um but I I understand and, and I think they did, I think that they think they did too good a job of establishing he has these connections with the other characters because by the time he betrays, I mean, yeah, they did have that whole thing with him saying, getting frustrated with Clay. And I understood all of that, but his relationships with like Pooch was, were so strong that I felt that, you know, when he betrays them to Max, he knows he's basically giving them a death sentence.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I felt like they had done too good a job of establishing his personal connections to make that mm-hmm. believable enough for me.
0: Yeah, I could see that, and I think like um, I think it's a way that it would have paid off a little bit better if they, if he had a little bit more sorrowfulness in yeah. like the scenes and after after the betrayal, instead Absolutely, of like yeah. you know I'm getting my money and or stuff like that or, yeah, yeah, right. I could definitely I could <clears throat> definitely see that,
1: which is why the betrayal made a lot of sense in the comics because he was basically only interested in the money the whole time, so it, it totally it. made sense why he would he would betray the team,
0: yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like how it somewhat had remembered it before. I think I I remember just like filling in the blanks. Like I I think before yesterday when I rewatched it, I, I hadn't watched the movie in like maybe um uh 5 years mm-hmm. or 7 years and so yeah, so I think like I had kind of like filled into my mind like oh yeah, he's get he's like some so- somewhat sorrowful like afterwards because it's like a big bigger re- betrayal but mm-hmm. But yeah, I could see where your point is
1: and stuff. Yeah, not sorrowful enough is Mm -hmm. my biggest thing about that. Um, One of the things, like, even though I had issues with uh, Jason Patrick's performance, I did, for the most part, think he was entertaining on screen. Mm -hmm. Um, He was very flat as a character, but at least he's entertaining while he's being flat.
0: Yeah, I feel like there was a lot of. I, I have to go back to the DVD, but I feel like there was a lot of deleted scenes with him because there's like things that are. I'm sure that the hand has to tie into something like that was going to be re- yeah. introduced in the sequel and stuff like that. But I feel, yeah, like that could have been added. We, we could have. I think they were like you going back to how you were saying, like, um, they kind of like through like it was like a one foot in one foot out kind of or two two feet in one foot out kind of situation where they might have been trying to keep them as like this um shady figure but then also be direct as well um going back to like the A team and and um Patrick Wilson as like essentially the same kind of character mm-hmm. in um <clears throat> in in this uh like I, I feel like maybe that one had a little bit more. Yeah, like he, you, you know the character that you're getting like right at the beginning of, mm-hmm. of like when he's introduced, he's an asshole and stuff like that. But he's like, I think that <clears> paid <throat> off a little bit more because like he's face, he's front and center in the eyes of of the the team um, from like the first scene of, right. of that movie. Whereas this, like, they get introduced and to him like fairly later in the movie whereas like i think if they kept it him more shaded and like as the shadow man essentially Mm -hmm. he might have had a little bit more of like a nuance to him that you didn't even need that much information on him but by you know making a face essentially um having a face to the to the voice like for the audience i guess like um you want more you Mm -hmm. he he should have more context in because of that so yeah
1: i think one of the best things about jason patrick is the scenes he has with colt McColony, who plays wade. yeah like uh-huh. that like and i just i love how wade is not this typical henchman right He's mm-hmm. they have it's almost like they have this weird twisted kind of friendship almost yeah
0: yeah uh, yeah i mean that's why I, you got they have some really good lines in this movie um like i feel like overall like it, it's like a kind of like strong strong script of a movie mm-hmm. because of these like nuanced scenes like yeah um the whole him him riding in a pedicab talking to to um max and like um oh did you, you can't like you're gonna either have to kill him or you're gonna have to um you know just fire them Mm -hmm. and he's like i can't i can't kill them like one of them is my um well i'm related to one of them yeah one of my (laughs) brother-in-law brother-in-law and he's like well you told them he's like i said i will kill them Mm -hmm. that kind of thing it's just so that that just kills me then the delivery for for that those scenes yeah are are pretty good except for the 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 whole like um it's him saying it three times i'm like ah uh, you should have just, that, it. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was, pu-
1: that was when I'm like, okay, now you're pushing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I did that. Yeah. That exchange that like three times thing that got on my nerves. But other than that scene, I think overall, I love, like, I love their introduction. Like when mm-hmm. he says, when he gives him the nod and then Wade throws the guy off the roof and he's <laughs> like, know. why'd you do that?
0: Yes. I love that scene. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> you can't be the nod. Mm-hmm. It's such like, it's cause that's why like that's one of the, my favorite versions of like um those kind of villains is like the it's just a casual. they're just casually mm. they they're just casually a villain, you know they're just that's who they are like yeah. they, they that's their everyday life and which is like, yeah, like some like villains like in real life like yeah, yes, yeah, I that's mean their everyday life
1: <laughs> as one dimensional as Max is as a character those moments with Wade give him at least some kind of a humanizing mm-hmm. quality. Cause it's like, Oh, well, you know, they're, they're two guys who work together and it that, mm-hmm. that really comes through. Like I get the sense from their relationship and their interactions that they've been working these ops for a long time. Just like I get the sense with the losers that like with that scene in the cemetery where they're talking about clay's exes where they, it really gives you a sense that these characters have an existing relationship because sometimes um some of these movies you watch it and it's like okay i know the movie tells us that they've got this existing relationship but i don't really believe it this one is not that case like i really believe that these characters have been working together for a long time on both sides Mm
0: -hmm. yeah
1: yeah and in that aspect as much as i think they did go a little bit too far with um taking aisha's character away from what she was in the comic books i did also think it made um it made it, I, I understand the logic behind it. Uh, well, I mean, first off, you've got so- Zoe Saldana and this kind of character better suits her personality, her acting style. But yeah. more than that, I felt that it, um, her having that more, that more friendly side really helped engender her with the rest of the group. I mm-hmm. think it would have been a lot harder with the way these characters play off each other for her to have been the the hardcore assassin she was in the comics and still have that same kind of relationship that she establishes with the other characters.
0: Yeah, yeah. This movie, like going back, um, definitely felt like, um, and, like, I don't know if it, it contributed to, but definitely felt an audition for Gamora as a character, especially with like her, how she joins the group, mm-hmm. and very much how how her character, you know, in Guardians join the group with this whole kind of like mishmash and like we just need to get a, this job done and stuff like that right then they form this group um and and yeah like it, it it definitely adds a lot more personality to the story i mean like her they're the her and clay's fight i like got a kick you, you get a kick out of that like mm-hmm. with them like stretching like they know they're gonna fight like it, it's just very it's a very like um fun way to kind of like in show the interaction between these like two people and their their initial like yeah I don't trust you mm-hmm. I know this like it, it also like tells like their their um experience as well in in a subtle way of like yeah we we play we've played this game our whole lives like we know that you don't trust me I don't trust you we're gonna fight mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah and I, I also want to give you know special nod to um uh, Oscar Hayanada. I'm probably mispronouncing his name. Oh, Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. The, guy the man Kuga. that
0: has the, the best line in in Pirates on Stranger Tides. Um, oh, really?
1: He was in that. I didn't realize that.
0: Yeah, he's the Spaniard that's like trying to destroy the fountain, the I mean the Fountain of Youth. Oh, okay. Um, and he comes in. Um, cause and he's like, you know, this land is unholy, like, you know, and stuff like that. And then a British guy comes up, he's like, Did we claim this land for the, for the British. And he just grabs a pistol, shoots him dead. And he's like, make a note that that man died for, died bravely for his country. <laughs> and, and like, it's just the hardcore's like moment in that movie. And yeah, it, that's, that's him.
1: He's got one of the best lines in this movie too. When um, uh, Pooch tells him, like, you know, if we do this, we'll be going to war with the CIA. And, you know, Cougar just says, well, they started it. Mm-hmm. yeah and that was and he i think more than anyone he perfectly embodies the the character from the comics just like Cougar's got that kind of cool stoicism all throughout the the comics and they really do a good job of he really does a good job of embodying that here um more than anyone else he really looks the part i think too mm-hmm. like all the characters they did a really good job they definitely had an eye for appearance when they were casting all these characters um but i think hainata more than any others he totally fits that he completely perfectly embodies that character from the comics Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um and i and i like there's we get this and i like the way that they are able to establish this relationship between him and jensen even Mm -hmm. though they don't really talk a lot right but we get a sense that they've got this camaraderie right from the start because of that
0: yeah i think you get a camaraderie feeling of like what i'd say like the the back half of the team which is like Pooch <laughs> Jensen mm-hmm. and and um Cougar um Cougar of of yeah like i mean just they 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 that's why like they feel very much like i guess like where all of them feel like brothers they're like maybe the triplets mm-hmm. the, and stuff because, like, the whole interaction with, like, him getting, um, with Pooch getting his legs shot, and they're like, can you stand? Can you stand? He's like, mm-hmm. I've been hit into <laughs> both of my legs. And he's like, what? Well, that doesn't answer my question. <laughs> and So it's like, it's very much like a brotherly kind of thing. And and yeah, you get that off just straight from the back. Um, love that, that whole interaction with, with, um, Jensen and Cougar with the, with you know him knowing that he has his back mm-hmm. and stuff and like sh- shooting the guys and stuff and just saying like, thank you kind of thing and yeah like, yeah
1: that that is one of the best moments uh in the movie too um and you know i think i think maybe chris evans probably walks away with as my favorite character in this oh, movie
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the whole petunias thing is like so incredible like of adding that in he's like yeah, it's, it's my niece's um, mm. soccer team like they're they're you know they're five and five and two like they're going to the the and then the reveal the marigolds Mm -hmm. and then him like yeah i I love it my only issue with
1: the petunias things i think they pushed it too far when they had the soccer game at the end
0: oh i thought it was perfect i thought it was just like kind of because like it's a showing of of like um you know they kind of like have gotten their lives back in some sort of way and stuff like that they might still like be underground but it's very much like they could kind of get away with these kind of like outings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, and yeah, the whole, and it, it's kind of like a little further showing of, of um, the, the team to in the camaraderie kind of like growing with like, um, who did you bet? Like, who, mm. who'd you bet on a kid's soccer game? He's like, he's, she's like, I did. and like, <laughs> Why he gave me points. So <clears throat> like that, it's just, yeah.
1: I, that was a fun line. Um, I, it, you know, I'm, I'm torn on that. I feel like that the soccer team scene, it kind of undercuts the, the conclusion of the movie for me. But at the same time, it is, it is you get you got a point there. It is a fun scene at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Evan's just so good. Like, I love like all the, the interactions he has with everybody. Um, the, his little one-liners throughout yeah. this. And it,
0: in the warehouse, like he's like, nice. And that's mm-hmm. what, that was like the moments I was like, he he would have been a good deadpool as well mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah he could have done that yeah um any other things you really want to mention about this movie
0: um i'm just like trying to think. i just it's just like the whole nuance of like how like i said at the top of this episode like how much this movie how important it was that this in the history of of comic book movies that this mm-hmm. movie had to fail you know, kind of thing, just looking back on it, and um, and like while it might not have deserved fail in my opinion, mm-hmm. but um,, uh, it's it's like I'm kind of like it's a bittersweet, yeah, it's a bittersweet thing that yeah, it
1: would have been it, kind of thing. if if this had been <laughs> successful, it does make you wonder what would have happened to how the careers of some of these actors might have gone in a different direction. Um, mm-hmm. you might have had, you know jeffrey dean morgan may have had you know more movie roles as a result of if it had been more successful whereas you know evans and saldana may not have gone on to do the mcu mm-hmm. um or at least maybe not have had as big a commitment to the mcu as they ended up having um
0: adris yeah. alba as well yeah yeah and then maybe like um and then yeah also like going back to like this movie very much feels like a the suicide squad as well mm-hmm. in, in that instance and so like yeah it's like um Kind of like it's cool to see that yeah, Aegis Alba gets like kind of interacting this kind of like situation a little bit later on as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh mm-hmm. well, I mean the the Suicide Squad comparison is very apt because there is a lot more death in the in the comics. That's all I'll just say, I'll just leave it at that.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but and I think one of the things that really kind of as, as much fun as I like as this movie is, I think one of the the things that was disappointing is the the lack of teeth when it comes to criticizing American foreign policy, because that was one of the things that I thought was done so brilliantly and pretty bravely for that time period because this came out in the early two thousands in the comics.
0: yeah, um, and mm-hmm.
1: you know, right smack dab in the middle of the war on terror and all that kind of shit. And so for that comic at that time to have been so brazen in its criticism of American foreign policy, I think was a was a pretty ballsy move. And I was a little disappointed that this comic, that this movie, just kind of it—it it more or less paints um, Max as kind of like an outlier. He's not yeah. speaking for the government so much. He's working. He's using the government, mm-hmm. but he's doing it for his own purposes.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel very much like it's easier to get away with in, in a in a comic, which mm-hmm. like is not really on the radar of of foreign policy people right then then an t- um, actual movie is unfortunately but then again i think that in it um uh, in this day and age now like it is a movie that like i i said it earlier like it if this show if this I, if they if it has a series or another movie would i think a al- lot be allowed to carry more clout in oh absolutely source. In, and yeah. in it's in its delivery as well yeah so definitely like i like the way you're pitching it and like uh, how i'm i'm hoping to yeah go check out the comic i'm sure it's gonna be like yeah this could be made into a, a series like easily in this day and age and like, oh yeah be accepted you know i mean with the things like the boys i mean like just that alone is like such a like has become so un somewhat unbrazen and it's like delivery of like You know, corporations and Mm -hmm. and all that kind of thing. So,
1: like, yeah, absolutely. It would definitely be a welcome thing. Yeah, something like succession as well. Another one that you know, you know, just goes full teeth-bared type of situation. And I think if you did, if you got some people like that who were confident enough in to to take the criticism that they would that would inevitably come to do a series like The Losers, I think would would be amazing if they were able to do that on something like HBO or or Netflix or Amazon or something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hoping, I don't know, (laughs) because I'm just so worried about the the Warner stuff. Like I'm like, ah, it's a Warner Brothers property still.
1: (laughs) I mean, I keep saying HBO because that's where they've done so much of this stuff, but at the same time, I don't know what's going to happen now. Yeah. That too. It could be Netflix though,
0: because Mm -hmm. um,
1: Sandman, Sandman's
0: DC too. Yeah. fingers crossed.
1: (laughs) Sandman, I'm not sure what the right situation is with the losers. I know Sandman's got a unique position because Gaiman owns a big portion of the rights. So it's a little bit of a, because he had used some, yeah,
0: yeah, Gaiman's kind
1: of, they got, yeah. And plus he's, you know, he's such a big name that he's got a lot of pull. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what the right situation is with this because it is bait. It's mostly, mostly they just took the concept. Uh, and the name from the original DC comic. And then everything else is new. So I'm not quite sure what the right situation is with, with Diggle and Jock and DC on this.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, I would think that would be a little bit more tied up in DC just because like what Diggle and Jock went on to do for mm-hmm. DC. And they're so tied into um, DC comics and, and stuff like that. So um, we'll see. We'll have to see. I mean, like it is an ever-changing, on the daily, Mm-hmm. When it comes to, to DC, uh, uh, I mean, to, when it comes to um, Warner Brothers nowadays, like I'm just like, uh, anything could happen. Yeah, That's yeah. why I'm worried about, but also like, maybe, maybe it will be for the better. So yeah.
1: Although interesting too, with the DC, with the suicide squad comparisons is that after Diggle did the, um did the losers, he had, ended up doing Thunderbolts for Marvel at a time when it was much more, had much more of a suicide squad black ops mm-hmm. type focus to it
0: yeah which so, will um, probably be seen which will probably days. yeah
1: which is probably what they're going to do with the mcu because i think it'd mm-hmm. be too difficult for them to do the reformed villains aspect of it because there just aren't enough <laughs> villains that are still running around
0: it would be like a reformed villain i, I mean we get like w- the lineup has kind of like sounded like well like villain and not even villainess. it's just gonna be a team that's like uh y- yeah I think it's, it's not going to be like full villain. There'll be some villains will be uh, right a mod podge, but yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. It, it, I feel like it's going to be very similar to the suicide squad. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, okay. So, you know, I think final thoughts about this, it is, it's a decent enough movie. It's, it's fun. It is a lot of fun. I will. Mm-hmm. And if, if you think too much about it, you can find holes in it to to poke into it. But if you, and that's, and I'm kind of doing that. I know I'm guilty of doing that here because I am thinking about it with a bit more of an analytical eye for the show and everything. But for the most part, when I watch this movie and I've watched it several times, like when I watch this movie, I just, I put it on and I turn off my brain for an hour and a half.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And- which is what it, it, it's what's, um when is the best way to, to enjoy any movie? I think. Well, yeah. I mean, this is yeah.
1: a pure pop, summer popcorn.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's exactly True. what it's made for um and you know it's got great action it's got you know the performances are fun um and great music too I think for- we didn't mention that
0: like- yeah yes 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 I I like was thinking yeah like during during my watch I'm like this has like a really good soundtrack yeah
1: mm-hmm. uh-huh yeah and yeah really good selection and music that's kind of timeless it it fits it's like it's not timeless music necessarily but it it gives it almost a timeless quality to this it's music that can be enjoyed years later i think like we're not going to be because i think for example you watch some of the other i'm thinking of some of the other marvel movies that came out in the early 2000s when they had like all the like daredevil and the punisher when they had like all the new metal band type of things that seem really dated when you watch those movies now um except for (laughs) go ahead go
0: ahead I'm, i'm a alt rock uh I'm, okay. I'm eclectic in my music but but i i come from that that era of alt mm-hmm. rock emo punk so i'm like i still listen to it
1: <laughs> but, <laughs> i mean i'm not i'm not knocking the music but i feel like it's very yeah. oh if no those definitely. movies were made in a different time they would not have used that same music
0: true true i mean like yeah like evidence like while it is still a banger, mm. it's definitely like this was a choice, <laughs> yeah, yeah. especially with punching or stabbing sandbags. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Um, whereas this, you know, they had a really good selection of different songs. Like they used Journey to great effect in this movie.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Like I think that that whole scene in the building when he's he's jamming out to Journey and then it's playing as he's running out. I thought that was, you know, so perfectly executed.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just timeless, timeless 80s music.
1: Mm-hmm okay ariel uh anything uh else you want to say about this
0: no just like I, I mean if you haven't watched it go and go and watch it it's such a uh, like we i i said for you and you said like it's such a fun movie to watch mm-hmm. um kind of like bask in the young um versions of these actors that are now you know in um, mm-hmm. mcu and, and <clears throat> all other different types of properties and kind of like uh get yeah you get a little nostalgia from that as well Mm -hmm. um but yeah
1: i also say that if you have read the comic and if you're a fan of the comic separate them in your mind right Mm -hmm. um a good comparison there are two things i would compare this to one is the lucifer tv show the other is the constantine movie with keanu reeves both both of them are entertaining good and fun in their own way but they're not really good adaptations of the comic book, oh in
0: that on. in that yeah, yeah, sense yes, yes, yeah,. So
1: for sure. think about this in that in that vein like it's 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 a fun movie, but you have to separate it from the comic book, yeah, yeah, okay, uh, so do you want to tell people where they can find you? Yeah, um you could reach out
0: to to the under um cast company on our social medias, um we're on all the main main social medias Twitter instagram um facebook and um yeah and then we also have a patreon um that you could check out um and then like i mentioned at the beginning of of the podcast like i have um uh, another podcast called um you've never seen question mark exclamation point um that you could check out um we have our flag set flag tentpole there we go tentpole um podcast of of underrated podcasts. um derek who who was a previous guest on this podcast has a podcast called gateway episodes Mm -hmm. um and and um and then also um we sometimes collaborate and do um a marvel podcast called infinity stones and dragon bones where Mm -hmm. we discuss um whatever marvel project or thing in the mcu has popped up
1: in fact he's already asked me to be on that for when Black Panther comes out.
0: Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah, and um, so yeah, like it just come join our nerd nerd nerdiness as well, um, Discord and all that. Um, links to it, all of that are in all of the the um, I don't I letterhead <laughs> of, of of our um, our, of our social media.
1: Okay. We'll have, we'll have those links in in the show notes as well. So, but uh, thanks so much for coming on. And um, yeah, anytime you want to come back on, just let me know.
0: Oh yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. There's a lot to uh, things that I like. I was like, kind of thinking of like, what, what, what things should we talk about and stuff? So, so definitely I have a few other ideas.
1: Okay. Sounds good. All right. That does it for this episode of superhero cinephiles. The website is superhero cinephiles.com and we are super cinema pod on Twitter and Instagram. And remember, if you sign up for the Patreon, you get, um, uh, bonus episodes of the superhero cinephiles book club, where we talk about comic books and graphic novels and all that. And you also get these episodes a week in advance, and that's for as little as a dollar a month. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. If you enjoy the superhero cinephiles then you'll also love my companion podcast the superhero cinephiles book club all my patreon subscribers get access to this exclusive podcast where i review superhero comics and graphic novels not sure what comics you want to read next or what you should dive into i've got you covered on that i'll be doing reviews recommendations and also talking to you about useful entry points if you're interested in reading some comics but don't know where you should start plus you'll get access to all episodes of the main show a week before everyone else on all of this for as little as just a dollar a month all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash supercinemapod and you can sign up at any subscription amount to get started thanks so much for your support and please don't forget to rate and review us on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Thank you for listening, and as always, good night, good evening, God bless.